Good morning. This is Scott Flair's One Day at a Time podcast taken over by Jackie, one of the turtles. And this morning I am incredibly excited to welcome Ryan Williams to the podcast. Ryan is our mental health coach and a qualified mental health professional and is an absolutely awesome person. Good morning, Ryan. Morning, Jack. Morning. So we've had a bit of an adventure getting this podcast out this morning. After recording last night, uh, it all came out a bit wibbly. And so Ryan very generously has given his time again. But he also is giving his time with the coolest attitude ever. It was not a problem for him at all. And I just wonder, how do you wake up and be so positive and so happy? Do you know, Jack, just to get it out of the way, uh, get the elephant out of the room yesterday was quite possibly the best podcast episode there's ever been in, in the history of podcasts. Um, so t- t- today is just going to be a tribute. It's going to be nothing like it was last night. Um, I hate anything rehearsed. Uh, so it'll be completely different. This is just a tribute. <laughs> um, the other thing that I said yesterday as well is that, you know, I've been friends with Scott for, for five years and or maybe maybe a bit longer and we're good friends and only now I'm being invited onto this podcast so <laughs> what's what's going on what is going on <laughs> um, but yeah honestly uh, just an honor and a privilege to jump onto this so of course I was going to do it again this morning hopefully this recording goes through well <laughs> we're lucky to have you honestly in answering your question to be honest I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think I wake up every single day positively, but I, I can't put my finger on a on a time where I've woken up grumpy either. <laughs> I just <laughs> um, I just kind of feel like you just got to get up and just get on with it, crack on with things. And I think routine is something that's really important. And just just putting yourself, taking yourself out of your comfort zone. You know, I I've been down with my father-in-law in in Carmarthen. I'm I'm not from round here. I don't know. I ha- I know hardly anyone down here actually. And I've joined a gym down here. And honestly, I've been to the gym all over the world. And this place has been the hardest cookie to crack. To be honest, <laughs> I've gone in and I've like tried to have a little chat with a couple of the locals, and they just look at you like they've you've killed their cat. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so I just I, I've been you know, going back and forth to the gym and I've been going home and saying to my wife, like, God, nobody really talks there. And, you know, they just kind of, they all look at you like, you're not from around here. <laughs> it's quite a close-knit community where everyone knows everyone. And I think yesterday I finally cracked it. Mm-hmm. I, was talk- I was talking for a good half hour to a couple of people in there yesterday. So I think I'm one of the locals now. That's always been my thing. It's something my, my wife will laugh about. I, I'm, I'll talk to anyone. Because yeah. I think talking is therapy. I love getting to know people. And that's the thing. I think life is full of opportunity, no matter what you do. You could just be going to work today and on your way to work, you, you see someone, you meet someone, you become friends. You know, life is definitely full of opportunity. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, actually one of those Instagram reels where someone's driving along and they see people and they just yell out compliments to them. And what's fascinating is that 
the people respond and the conversation begins. So they'll be like, I love your outfit today. You look amazing. And the person always is really flattered and engages in a chat. And I always admire little kids too. They often run up and be like, I like your hair <laughs> as a way to like engage and connect. Yeah, it was, it was perhaps a different connection yesterday at the gym. I saw my opportunity. I was doing, I was at, I was at the bar, I was at mm. the squat bar. <laughs> and, you know, I was, I was heading for 12 reps. I got to my eighth and I started choking. Poor Ooh. gym etiquette, really. The guy next to me definitely let off. Uh, and I, I literally couldn't breathe. It was the worst thing I've ever smelt in my life. <laughs> and I just turned to him and said, mate, like, I'm going to be smelling that for two weeks. I had four more reps in me, but I just couldn't breathe. And, you know, he was laughing and his mate was laughing. And, and then we just had a, had a good chat about training and, um, well, all things, really. Um, <laughs> it, just, it just set off the banter. I think I, put the, the, I set the banter bar. <laughs> yeah. So, guys, uh, who, you know, obviously, one day at a time, it's also related to, like, fitness and stuff, obviously being a turtle. So if you are in the gym... Just make it one of those rules that you don't let off mid mid rep. <laughs> We're going deep today, guys. <laughs> Key tactic. No farting at the gym. <laughs> no farting at the gym. We're a fat free zone in this podcast. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. And actually, that makes me think. In terms of like humor and mental health. Have you ever done any therapy or work around the benefits of laughing and bringing that into your well-being? Yeah, honestly, I think there's obviously a time and a place. But when I worked on the wards, that was that was one of my kind of strategies with patients. So I had to do a lot of what we call de-escalation, verbal de-escalation. I've worked in pretty uh, intense environments, psychiatric intensive care. I've worked in you know, uh, forensic environment, so they they should be in prison, but they've committed mental health uh, problems. So, like, quite aggressive. You know, gosh, one of the places that I worked, I think you'd be attacked like multiple times daily, or certainly the threat of being attacked was there. You're always kind of on edge. People were always just you know getting to that escalation point, and verbal de-escalation was a huge part of my job, and and actually my humor was the thing that would save the day in, in lots and lots of circumstances, you know, just being able to stay calm and, and, you know, yeah, cr crack a joke at the time that was perhaps inappropriate, but it would bring things down, you know, and, and, you know, you can't, the thing is that I, I'd always say to, to, to people is be nice to everyone. So the world is full of kind people. If you can't find one, be one. And, you know, I think it's so hard to be horrible to someone who's nice. Mm. You know, if you're if you're coming with some positivity and you're using humor, it's so hard to be like, oh, yeah, but you're this because you're making someone laugh. You're all you're bringing is positivity. Um, and if you come with a defensive attitude and you're on edge, they're sensing it and they'll become defensive. And then when two people are defensive, it just it just escalates. Mm. It's definitely something I used to use, but like laughing therapy and is is massively used. It's definitely something that's that's used in in mental health, and I see it with my daughter. We've been in the car, me and my wife, 
and Alf sat fake laughing. And then my daughter starts to like laugh. She laughs hysterically, <laughs> and then I'm laughing because she's laughing, and my fake <laughs> laugh is turned to a real laugh. And that's what happened. It's quite beautiful. I also really love, you know, if you can't find a nice person, be a nice person. And it reminds me of when I was battling with depression, um, I got advised to do some volunteering, which honestly we should all be doing anyway. But the amount of joy it brought me doing something for other people was more beneficial, I think, for me than it was even for them. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think it's always through your struggles that you that you realize like you realize a lot about yourself when you're in a when you're in a, a bad place mm. and I think there's always there's always goodness to come out of every bad situation so you know me myself I, you know I've been I've felt low for periods in my life I've struggled and I specifically remember a period of time that was really tough for me and me going to the shop after the gym, I went, there was a little next door, right? Mm. So I remember going to the shop and this like old lady, like, like bumped her trolley into me. And my instant reaction, because I was already there, you know, my, like, mo- my mood was low. I was like heightened. Um, I nearly turned around and said something to her. I felt myself say like, you know, wanting to say like, well, watch where you're going. Mm. And that me nearly saying that hit me I was like oh my god what's going on like you would you would never do this normally what's going on um and I remember coming home and reading something and that was the message that I took um and it's something that I always advise people is that it's just showing up just doing what you do what Mm. you usually do staying true to who you are because you can lose yourself and and then all of a sudden you're just you know you're this angry person this person who's not sociable anymore and you've all of a sudden your identity's gone mm. you're identifying as someone who's who's depressed um mm. and i think you know i took that message and i was just like do you know what i'm just going to paint a smile on my face i'm going to fake my happiness and i do you know what i think that period of my time i was the most chatty i've ever been there was a running joke in the gym I would turn up at the gym I'd probably spend three hours but two hours would be just socializing I'd go right people I I think in the end they used to hate bumping into me because I would just talk their ears off (laughs) (laughs) I made so many friends though honestly yeah just and it's the gym that really saved me when when I was you know going through stuff because I was living in Swansea I didn't really know anyone it was just after uni um, I had no like friends or family down here and I just had to kind of start from scratch and you know the gym was a place where I just met people got chatting uh, and everything fell into place you know I ended up renting a house off somebody I met at the gym I ended up working with people that I met at the gym <laughs> you know socializing with them uh, training with them um, it was it just all of those things just based off the gym um, and yeah I think so two things if you're feeling low anxious stressed whatever it might be routine is super super important to you um just show up just show up and do the things that you would normally do and exercise exercise oh my gosh is that yeah there's so many benefits Mm -hmm. 
And I'd add a third one there too, is just the power of community. Because a big thing for me, and even doing this podcast, and I've mentioned a few times, you know, this is an absolute nightmare for me <laughs> in terms of being in front of an audience, having my voice be the focus. But, you know, the power of community to build you up when you're just not feeling your best self or you're trying a new thing and you've got a supportive group around you is just phenomenal in shaping your mental health. Yeah. And, you know, I think with the gym as well, and particularly, you know, when you're going in, you're training with other people, you just get it, you're going in and you're getting it done. There's mm. no excuses. You're there, you're going to train. You're just going in and you're getting it done. And, you know, you're just cracking on with things. I think sometimes when we're stressed in life and, and certain things happen, we like avoidance comes in and we just avoid things. Mm. And then that just builds up and builds up. And I think with the gym, it's just, you know, you go in there, there's no pressure, there's no stress. It's just, you're going in, you're, if you're following a program, you're doing, your, you're doing what you need to do, you're going in, you're getting it done. You know, and I think that's something that you could just show up to the gym and, you know, you don't need to worry or stress about anything really you're mm. used to all the exercises you've done them before it's familiar to you and you know obviously the the science behind it the, the physiological things that happen the, the chemicals that get produced your serotonin your dopamine your brain derived neurotropic factor you know it's it's like all of these things just get fired up when you exercise uh impacts on your moods definitely Oh, that's super interesting. And also, you've just reminded me, and we have talked about it before, but in terms of avoidance, you said something to me that was really impactful to me around, I had a problem with depression when I was oversleeping. And you mentioned that oversleeping is often caused by a sense of avoidance of whatever it is you don't want to deal with or or even the day itself. Yeah. I was just wondering if you could talk a little bit about the importance of sleep. Yeah, yeah. So we were talking about this yesterday. Sleep, um, mm. sleep is super, super important to, to our mental health. And and I often say that there's a fine line because we know the importance, but that can also tip you over the edge of not sleeping because mm. we put pressure on ourselves to sleep. And if you put pressure on yourself to sleep, you're not sleeping. Um, so it's really trying to cut the fine balance of knowing its importance, but not really putting pressure on yourself. The, the one thing that is super, super important, well, there's a, there's a few key rules actually with getting a good night's sleep. It's remembering that it's all about routine and your circadian rhythm, our internal body clocks need that routine. So having the same wake up time every day is super, super important. Um, no matter what type of sleep you've had, even if you've like fallen asleep at say three o'clock and your start up time or wake up time is six, still wake up at six. That's the first really important rule. The second really important rule is have no nap times through the day. Do not nap. It's a no. <laughs> if you nap in the day, you, you, um, you lose the sleep need at night. You sleep first. You just end up not needing as long and then you're just getting into the cycle and what happens You just that you're circadian rhythm doesn't know when it needs to be awake or asleep and it just goes all over the place so no napping through the day and making sure you have a good sort of downtime lots of us are on our sort of phones laptops ipads in front of the tv um maybe you've got the lights on in, in your house you know and it's bright 
that's going to tell our circadian rhythm that it's daytime and we've got to stay awake. It's going to mm. arouse us. So I'm a stickler for this. Uh, I, I've done it with my daughter and honestly, she slept so well nearly all of her life. And we would dim everything down uh, at, at, you know, coming up to her bedtime. I would, I brush my teeth in the dark. I know it sounds strange, but <laughs> uh, I really just want everything to just be really, really dark for a good sort of half hour, hour uh, before bed. Oh, wow. That's telling my body, this dark, it's time to sleep. Because actually the blue light can, can trick our brain into thinking that it's daytime. And this is the thing that the brain and its neurons, they fire off in what, they, what they're used to. It's like patterns of thought, patterns of um, movement. It, they all fire. It fires off of, of, of like basically routines. Mm. If you're doing something consistently, you'll keep on doing it. Um, and mm. that's the same with sleep. So the brain is such a, honestly, such an intelligent thing. I've said this one in my, on my mental health Q&A before, and it's called the pencil test. So basically what happened is people had a pencil and they put it between them. If you put a pencil between your lips, you look quite sullen. You look sad. So they had people who had no pencils. They had people who had a group of people who had pencils in their mouth where they looked sad. And then they had people holding pencils in their teeth where the lips are then rising. So it looks like you're smiling or you're laughing. And they put them all through these tests and say they made them watch like a, a comedy and then they got them to score. Now the people who were normal just had baseline, they had mixed reviews. The people who had the pencil between their lips, so they looked sad, all scored low. And the people who had the pencil between their teeth where they looked happy, all scored high. And that's because the neurons that fire in your brain. So when you smile, and this is going back to your previous question as well, when you smile or you laugh, our brain, even if it's a fake one, our brain goes, oh, I must be, I'm laughing, I'm smiling, I must be happy, something good must be happening. Mm. It releases the serotonin. It, right, so this is my job now. When I'm happy, I release these chemicals. And I mm. feel this way. And you trick the brain into, into thinking, oh, actually, I'm, I'm in a good mood. That's where laughing therapy comes in. That's also what happens when, like, it's dark. So you're tricking the brain and thinking, oh, actually, it's nighttime. Mm. The, the brain just fires off routines. Like, yeah. It's so fascinating. I am, um, and I have, <laughs> I'm going to ask you to tell this again because it's just been absolutely transformational for me. So I jumped on one of Brian's mental health calls, gosh, months ago now, but it was my first one. And I was talking about how I was afraid that I was slipping back into negative habits. And, you know, how did I stop myself from feeling sad? And you gave me really good advice around doing what makes me happy when I feel sad rather than doing what makes me feel sad when I'm sad. And I was just wondering if you could talk a little bit about that too, Ryan. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, Jack, I think something that I want to say to everyone that, that would listen, even if you're not a turtle member, I've absolutely loved being part of the group. Uh, and it's been an honor and a privilege to, to even be asked to do it. I've been badgering Scott for most of our friendship when he started turtle. I was like, <laughs> Scott, 
get me on. I can do this. I can do it. Trust me. <laughs> um, <laughs> give me a go. Um, so when he asked me to jump on, first of all, it was like a, uh, as a guest. And then it just kind of went on from there. I honestly have absolutely loved it. And I love it because I'm able to see you guys journey. Mm. Uh, and our, like our group is obviously I hear your struggles and week after week you show up and week after week I watch you like improve and you know just there's so many of you on there that when I look at you and I've got a good memory (laughs) (laughs) I remember literally everything uh, to the finer details so I remember your first call when when you came to your first session and I remember the first time you know you had the you had the mic and I look at you now when I see a completely different person Mm. Um, and you know there's a few on there things that they said that they can't do is now that they're doing in their sleep, you know, things that they would normally do like, like self-sabotage and just falling off things have really cracked the code in understanding yourself. Yeah. Um, and, and just, you know, when you understand yourself wholeheartedly, you know what little tweaks to make. I know that when I'm feeling sad, I do this. Um, and that's, that's the thing I always say people to do. So, when we're depressed, we do depressing things. And there's no, there's no like secret with this. If you do depressing things, you're going to feel depressed. Mm. You know, so if you're someone who's sociable, like when I'm in a good place, I, I've got a good routine. I get up early. I, I sleep well. I get up early. I go to the gym. Uh, I'm in work. I socialize well. I speak to my friends and family. I go out. I eat well. I, I take care of myself. When I'm not in a good place, I want to avoid everything. I tend to not get up till because I'm not sleeping very well in the night. And then I'm just like, delay my alarm, snooze, snooze, snooze. I don't go to the gym. Perhaps I'm not taking care of myself. You know, perhaps I'm not showering till the late afternoon. I avoid mm-hmm. people. I avoid going out. I avoid speaking to my friends and family. You know, maybe I'll be off work and I just reach for like your fast foods. And, you know, just because you can't be bothered to cook. Uh, and you're just reaching for that kind of like sugar rush Mm. so when I'm in a good place it's completely opposite I do the complete opposite things to what I do when I'm in a bad place Mm. and that's the thing is writing those two things down and this is the motivation for you to like get up in the morning is like writing those things down having them on your phone have those two columns because you'll know what you do when you're in a bad when you're feeling low when you're feeling like you can't be bothered you know what patterns of behaviors you do, the things that you do. And write those two down, even if it's on a sheet of paper and it's in your bathroom mirror or next to your bedside table. And look at it and start doing more of the things that you do when you're in a good place. Just show up. I'm not asking you to enjoy it. I'm just asking you to show up and the enjoyment will come. Mm. Just get, keep to that routine. Keep doing the things that you would normally do when you're in a good place. And I promise you'll come out of that, that, that depression much quicker because, yeah, if you keep doing the bad stuff, you're going to feel like keep doing bad. You're going to feel more bad. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. I love that. I'm gonna, I've got a few mentors that I've picked up through, you know, the community and everyone. And one is we can do hard things. And my next one is going to be just show up now right yep. so <laughs> if, if everyone has one thing to carry from this podcast this morning get out there and just show up do you know I think like one of the biggest things with life is that 
you know, we worry and we we sweat the small things. Mm. And and I really try not to do that. You know, if something stresses me out at work or something bad happens in the day, I kind of look at, okay, this is bad, but actually through like struggles is growth. And, yeah. you know, I think there's definitely worse things that could happen, mm. you know? Um, and the thing is with life is that, you know, you're worrying about something small in, in work, you know, so, I don't know, somebody's nicked your pen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, something's ha- something is just this minor micro stress, but you have a few of those and all of a sudden it starts to get on top of you. But to be honest with you, when you look at the grand scheme of things, like it's just work. Mm. And if you didn't have work, like you could find another job, definitely. Mm. Um, you know, money, I think we get we get so bogged down with money. I look at me on paper over the last year, I have gone up like, oh, gosh, I, I, I don't want to sound like too too thing. But like I've gone up, I would say, 15,000 pound in pay. Mm. A, a, a year in my in like, you know, what on paper, that's what it says. Yeah. In my monthly in my monthly take home, it's honestly it's like two hundred and something pounds. <laughs> and you know, we get so caught up in like, you know, oh I need to earn more money, I need to get, you know, people are like striving for this. It doesn't make any difference. You live to your means. That two hundred pounds mm-hmm. has done nothing for me. Yeah. Um and if if my job is way less stressful, by the way, <laughs> which is a good thing. But if it was more <laughs> stressful, I'd be honestly considering well, actually, what, why am I trading a lot more stress for not a lot more money? Yeah. Because we get caught up in those things and you have to look at the reality of it. What's important to you and what's important to me is my friends and family. That's mm. the number one thing for me. My own health, being able to do and live the life the way that I want to live it. Mm. Um, and if you can't do that, if you're, you know, whether it's a friendship, relationship, job, if you're not happy, kick it like yeah. get rid of it <laughs> it's, it's interesting though because I think when people are in those kind of really heavy work situations and it becomes part of your identity that I am a person who earns this amount of money or I'm a person who has this sort of role or prestige or identity that what's so unsettling about change is that if you don't have a good sense of who you are then a change in that way can just absolutely rock you. And I think, you know, so much of the work we do with Turtle is really understanding yourself and understanding what brings you joy and understanding your why. And the more we can strip back down to that core identity, actually the greater freedom it gives us from things like money and title and, you know, defining ourselves to the world. Yeah. And, you know, like those titles, when you strip it all back, if you, were to, if you were to die tomorrow, does it really matter? Mm. You know, something we talk about a lot on my Q&As is like work situations. I, I swear it was a period of time that nearly everyone had work stress there. <laughs> um, and, you know, honestly, if something was to happen tomorrow, your job is being advertised on Monday. Yeah. You're, re- you're <laughs> replaceable at work. But I tell you where you're not replaceable, Jack. Is in your family, mm. the gaping hole that you would leave there. You're not replaceable at home. 
And that's the thing that we need to remember is that, you know, because sometimes our work stress starts to boil over into at home mm. and, you know, all of a sudden you're not present and you're not thinking, you know, I spoke to, to, to my wife about this yesterday. So I just want to get the, uh, clear the elephant in the room. We spoke about it last night. My, my father-in-law passed away two days ago um, after a short struggle with cancer. And, you know, he, so we found out obviously pre-pandemic um, and he just had like, he got hit at every hurdle, basically. He had prostate cancer, which mm. most men die of old age before they die of prostate cancer. Well, Andrew being Andrew was just someone who was unique uh, and he had to be the one 1% of people. He had a cancer, form of cancer that 1% of people have. Um, and, you know, it, like, it was aggressive and it quickly escalated and stuff. But it was a period of time where he was, especially when my daughter was first born, he was coming down and staying with us for, he would come down on a Sunday and he would go on like a Wednesday, or a Wednesday morning. And I was talking in the car to my wife yesterday and I was gutted because at that period of time I was in work and I was speaking to like 26 patients a day, half hour appointments back to back. And I kept saying to work, I was so stressed because I was just getting no like decompression, no time to just decompress in between calls and I was just going from suicidal patient to suicidal patient because the pandemic was it was at its height then and there were so mm. many depressed people and I remember coming home and just being completely emotionally just drained mm. um, I love my job and I love helping people but my, I knew in myself that my job at that time was just starting to boil over and I, I remember him being there and us having like superficial conversation not the type that we would normally have because mm -hmm. I was just so drained at the end of the day I'd, I'd come home and just you know I'd just be like oh my god I just want to sleep <laughs> yeah. uh, and I, I remember just you know that for me is a lot of that's regretful that I wasn't able to be wholly present when he was there and for me I consider that as wasted time with him and you know that's something that I regret but do you know what I did something about it quickly I got mm -hmm. out of the job because I knew that it was boiling over into, into my kind of personal and family life. And nothing is more important than that. Mm. But you might be the person where nothing is more important than work. Say you've got your own, your own business, Jack, you know? <laughs> it, it, but this is, you know, you might be the type of person that nothing is more important than succeeding in that. And if that is something that's going to come first, then you're, ha you're happy to take on that kind of, intermittent stress providing that it's intermittent providing that it's not consistent and constant yeah. because you will just become burnt out but you have to yeah. know what's important to you yeah and I'd say a lot of people have asked me you know how do you start a business or you know what do I do next I'm unhappy in my career and I I go to you know again what we were just talking about if you have a good sense of who you are and you have people around you who love you then just give it a go because you have the you're not going to lose yourself by trying something new if anything you're going to learn more about yourself yeah and it's odvium in envium odfacium if you can't find a way make one is a motto that i've tried to follow for the last like 10 years i think 10 years ago i got a tattooed on me <laughs> Love just, that. So it, just so i could stick with it so yeah if you can't find a way make one and I think you know when you want to succeed there's a way to succeed you just gotta just gotta find that way and that's 
sometimes digging in deep. You know, look, if I had to do, if, you know, if we were in like financial trouble, I needed something to, you know, to, for my family, I'd go and get a second job in McDonald's if needed be. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. you know, it's kind of, and I hear Scott say this all the time, it's losing the ego mm. and just doing what's needed rather than doing what's wanted, you know, it, and yeah, I think that's, that's something that's important as well is that you just got to dig in no matter what it is, you just got to dig in, dig deep and do what's needed to pull mm. you through the other end, even if you don't want to do it, mm. including yeah. getting up out of bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get up, get up, get up. If you're sitting at home in bed listening to this or sitting on the couch, get up and start moving, people. It can only bring you more joy. Exactly, exactly. You know, a couple of things that I've been asked a lot as well recently is about like conflict and and perhaps like, you know, struggling with like being bullied at work or someone within the friendship group, like really, you know, starting to to like, get to people and I think we're at a, perhaps you know sometimes in life people have like comments and you know snide comments and really look for a rise out of other people unfortunately there are a few of those out there mm. um, and something that I, that I just want to say to people is give them what they deserve not what they want yeah. and I think the biggest thing is is when someone is goading you and, and picking on you they're thriving off your reaction, your response, and kind of, you know, the feeling that they have you under their control. Mm. Um, and you're giving them what you want by responding. Give them what they deserve. And that, what they deserve is none of your energy. Mm. None of your mm. response. So just actually, I think it's, it's just ignoring them. <laughs> it's just giving them what they deserve, which is nothing. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, I think that's uh, an important message for, for, for people, definitely. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you one final question, which yeah. I did actually ask you yesterday, so you have some time to think about it. But I'll ask you for <laughs> consistency. You've been given a turtle. You can't give it away or sell it. What is Brian Williams going to do with the turtle? My answer hasn't changed, Jack, and I, I did think about it. I would take the turtle in as my own. Um, I'd give him probably a, a crazy name and we would be Ninja Turtles. <laughs> <laughs> I'd take him in as my own and care for it. Like, <laughs> I think I responded yesterday, well, like, care for it, obviously. Um, <laughs> what, other, what other answers are there? And then you came out with the answers, which, yeah, were, were, were quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> but my, yeah, my thing is, I, I can't see anything else that I would do with it. I would just take it in. Uh, and care for it and and raise it as my own i love it i love it well thank you so much for your time this morning and obviously incredibly grateful for even more reasons one you've had to do this twice and i have all benefited from that and it's very generous of you and second of all obviously condolences about the passing of your father-in-law but what a great memory to share with everybody and yeah we'll 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 keep them in our thoughts and all your family in our thoughts over the next week thank you jack you know we spoke about this yesterday you know he's honestly an incredible guy and obviously it only happened a couple of days ago but i'm so glad that he's like now at peace and it happened in the best possible way honestly like with all of Mm -hmm. us surrounded by him and it was very very peaceful you know through my job unfortunately i've seen quite a lot of death um Mm -hmm. and he's the first person that i've ever seen 
with his eyes closed when they pass away, which was nice, it's comforting for me. And, uh, oh God, that sounds morbid for the first thing in the morning. Um, but, uh, you know, yeah, honestly, he was such a great guy. And, and, you know, we spoke about it more yesterday. Be honest, Jack, yesterday's podcast was much better than this. I, you know, this is just a tribute to remember, guys, that this podcast yesterday, last night, was the best episode there's ever been. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's not true. Uh, this morning's been equally as good, I promise. But, but like I said yesterday, you know, the reason why I showed up last night is because talking is therapy. Mm. And, you know, like I said to you guys, you last night, and I, I say it quite often, is that like I'm not just talking the talk I want to walk the walk with you if I'm asking you to do things then I'm doing it myself mm. and if it was one of you guys that had lost somebody I'd be saying to you show up just show up take time for yourself which I have take some time off work but stick to your routines I'm going to the gym you know and, and I'm talking and I'm opening up uh, that's the best thing that you can do so if I'm asking you to do it I'm there walking it with you I'm 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 there doing it myself so if anything, I hope that this can be a good example for, for for you guys that, you know, it definitely works. It definitely helps. You're an absolute legend. Thank you for walking with us this morning, Ryan. And everyone listening, have a wonderful day. And, yeah, we'll see you tomorrow. Thank you, Jack.